0: All right, free agency has shaken up the NFL landscape. It's shaken up the landscape in best ball drafts. I've got Hayden Winks and Davis Matic. We're going to talk about all the ADP shifts this week. It's ADP chasing. Pat (laughs) Fryer-Helmo. This
1: is why why I'm hot.
0: Anita Hanjob. Fix your sight. Jamar. Alpha play chase.
1: <laughs> Are you kidding me, I, Tony? You can't handle the heat. See, it looks like we're
0: finally this You're right. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
2: How's
0: it going, guys? What's good?
2: You know, we're, we, uh, just, we're, we're still be... waiting. We're still waiting. Seven teams have signed a wide receiver. Seven <laughs> teams, bro. Seven. That's teams.
0: crazy. I mean, it's not the best class. Um, we were talking before we started about uh, blurbing free agency, which uh, Hayden and I both have experience doing, but fortunately are not doing this week. We, instead, we get to sit back and enjoy the moves and think about how it's going to affect our best ball drafting strategy. Yeah, the big thing is not doing the
1: cornerback blurbs and stuff where you're like, OK, like literally is this guy even starting and stuff? Like there's some guys like you're like, <laughs> man, that's I, I have to literally research this entire, entire player's profile. Uh, but now we got it easy just turn on the camera and go. Yeah.
2: We love it. Yeah. We do. Love Why is McCole Hardman not a Chicago bear yet? People are asking.
1: I th- I thought he was going to get like more money than expected just because his like drafts. No,
2: dude. No. The longer this goes on, the more money he's going to get. He, he yeah. hasn't, he hasn't signed because teams are coming with this weak ass yeah. four years, $45 million. And he's like, come again, bucko. We, yeah. we ain't, we're not, we're... Jacoby Myers just got $11 million a year. I am not Jacoby Myers, <laughs> sir. Mm-hmm.
0: So you think this is good. I feel like it's, if he was going to get the bag, I thought he would have gotten it right out of the gate.
2: You know, I think one, one thing that sort of changed is don't you guys feel that the NFL was a little bit because last year it just all broke the day. Don't you think it was a little bit like, all right, guys, like let's, let's, let's actually wait until the legal tampering period. Like we don't, every deal doesn't need to come out at once. And you got to think a fair few number of teams are probably trying to decide if they have the cap space to get Godwin or Sutton or Evans or Judy or Hopkins or whoever. And whenever that starts to settle, teams are going to be looking at like equanimity, St. Brown. is my second wide receiver or whatever. Just fill fill your name in. Nelson Aguilar, Richie, just whoever. And they're going to be like, this is not a tenable way to run professional football organization.
0: Yeah. I think yeah,
1: I think it's a good point. The trade market is what I was this entire offseason so far I was like the wide receiver trades are just going to be coming like big time players moving and I think every team's been thinking that but like no one's found the right value for that yet and I think there could be one trade that springs a bunch of them um but yeah the free agency class is very good. I don't think the rookie class is very good either. So it's I thought not great. I thought, the, yeah. I thought the trades were going to be a big part of this.
0: Yeah, and the Bears trade was cool to see, but that one obviously doesn't like you, only one team has the number one pick and, and is looking to trade down. So it's not, doesn't really help teams like find the value. Um, but you th- like Mike Evans has got to be elsewhere, right? Like DeAndre Hopkins got to be elsewhere. Like this stuff has to happen, doesn't it? Yeah. Brandon Cooks has to be elsewhere. Oh, Brandon as well. Cooks a big like, one. There's, yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch of them. Maybe it happens
1: right before the draft. Um, so I'm still holding out hope, but it's like makes it a little more difficult to kind of gauge uh, like stacking and all that stuff. Because like we know like what, four or five of the top 30 wide receivers and fantasy rankings could get moved and their status is going to be massively different. So uh, it makes it fun to kind of speculate, though.
0: For sure. Well, Sam is not here today, but his charts are here. Uh, we've got a little bit of tweaks on Now, I, I, there might be a better way to share these. I think he said he loaded them in the site, but I, I can't find them. So uh, you'll have to deal with the sidebar. But the he adjusted these and I think, a very sharp way where they're now based on percentage change. So we're getting a little bit more of guys higher up the board, although it's interesting because the biggest riser is Rashad Penny, who was a very late-round pick and has risen up. I guess 238, but you're seeing Garrett Wilson. He's seen just four changes in ADP, but he's moved in a very, very expensive part of the draft. So uh, I like this change to the chart. You're seeing more of, uh, you know, some guys higher up boards rather than just the sleeper types. Yeah, totally makes sense.
2: That, I mean, that's what we want. Like, we don't, we don't need to be, we don't want to be talking about, uh, you know, the 260 Chase Brown every single week, you know, one, one way, one way or or the other. Um, and this, as the, the, the penny start is fascinating. Cause you could just tell me any story about Rashad Penny. You know, you could tell me Rashad Penny is, is a healthy scratch while Trey Sermon, you know, Hayden's boy is, is finally, you know, returning to prominence. You could tell me Rashad Penny scored 14 rushing touchdowns. You could tell me he gets hurt in training camp and we, we never see him again. I mean it just he feel he he and Dodge Foreman both feel like I would believe anything you'd tell me about them right now.
0: Well Hayden, what's your what's your uh your kind of philosophy? It's that if the guy's making is it guaranteed money or total contract less than the BBM prize? That's that's our warning sign, right? Guaranteed money for this year is a pretty pretty good indicator. Well he's I mean, total contract less than last year's BBM prize. Right. Like tough scenes,
2: tough scenes for Rashad Penny. Guy, guy broke his leg and he count can't fucking out earn Corrine on his
1: cash You got
0: out earn me. I mean, come on, you're a professional <laughs>
1: running back. Yeah, it's it's tough with these running backs though, and we haven't released Best Ball Mania four prizes yet, so uh, it's still TBD. So I think you can draft him now until uh, BBM four prizes come out, and then then we'll have to.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, all right, <laughs> that's a loophole. You can as long as you don't know.
2: <laughs> it's I mean the, safe. The, I imagine the thing about Penny is that he's just so fucking good. Like that's, right. I mean, that's, it's really, that's like my, my really high level, um, you know, sophisticated analysis of how many fantasy points he's going to score. Is that like when that guy is on the field and the t- whatever team he's playing for is giving him the ball, he just is just ripping off fantasy points. And, and he's not going to catch the ball at all. Cause he didn't catch the ball at all in Seattle. Jalen hurts. Doesn't really throw the running backs. And when he does, they remove whoever their lead rusher is. But I I don't care. I I just think like, I I mean, obviously for best ball, I I think this price is totally fine. Like 138 where it's up. No, he's going to get way higher than that. He's going to get higher. He's going to get way higher than that. But even, even in like managed stuff, it's like Rashad Penny's active. Like I just am going to start him. I think I just am not, I'm not sweating. Yeah. I'm not. It's just like, it's like the same deal with Miles Sanders. Like Miles Sanders, so useless in 2021, no touchdowns, like just the most useless guy, but the whole team got better. Sanders' role didn't change. He just ran way better.
0: Yeah. I think you want to think about Penny around pick 100. Are you taking him there? Because I think that's where he's going to get up to.
1: Yeah. There's, like, the the rug pull RB3s that the NFL draft can absolutely spoil. Like, Rashad White range, all of those type of backs, James Cook. I think that he belongs right there because the Eagles still could still add a, like, kendra miller in the round four something like that and really throw a, whole, a big wrench into this but he has more upside to me than like rashad white types and stuff just because or maybe not all the way upside but like an easier path to rb2 status just because of the offense and i yeah. wasn't expecting his money to be very big at all um because the eagles are very smart about this and he they can just play the incentive game with them because he's done so little with it um so the money thing doesn't really matter to me. They're not going to invest a lot of money into the position, no matter what. So I think it's just going to be let the best man win, and like his best <laughs> performance if he's healthy is there's not a rookie running back in this class uh, where the Eagles will be drafting these guys that are that's going to be better than Rashad Penny based off of just like on field performance.
0: Well, Deuce Vaughn,
1: obviously, but oh
0: god, <laughs> please, please. I, I think that's the interesting thing about this class as well is that it's a lot of guys who project to be like versions of Rashad Penny, you know, like you're hoping like, Oh man, he could be Rashad Penny. Mm-hmm. So like if tanks tank, tank Bigsby or Kendra Miller ends up there or whatever, like I'm not shaking in my boots. I'm like, I have the better version with Rashad Penny. I guess if Tajay Spears went there, maybe that would like, that's a different archetype, but they have Kenny Gainwell. I, I don't know that they would do that. Like they already kind of have that guy too. So Yeah, I think the fact that it's the Eagles makes me a little less concerned about the money. But then again, like Rotopat was pointing out, like you could they could cut Rashad Penny if he's not healthy. If he just doesn't look good in training camp, like this is not a contract that assures he is on the week one roster and he's coming off a broken leg. So there's definitely like if he's a, a ninth round pick, it could be, you know, I drafted a lot of Rojo in round 10 and 11 last year around this time uh you can with the money's not there you you have a lot of downside risk you know there's there's game day and active risk that type of stuff I think Penny he just has flashed so much when healthy that I'm more skeptical that that type of outcome occurs but it's it's in the range Pat are you Focus. concerned
1: really quick Pat are you concerned that Trace Sermon's making more money than Kenny Gainwell from the Eagles this year <laughs> well, is, that, is
2: it is that just because of service time stuff and where they were drafted? It's draft position?
1: Right. Like is that draft. what it is? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a hundred thousand dollar difference. <laughs> so there, no, the, the is
2: the highest paid Eagles running back technically Boston Scott because of service yes. time. Yeah, yeah, probably, that's yeah. amazing. I mean, so so short Kudos short to So I would basically just say I don't care how much any of these guys are getting paid because yeah. they're spending like four and a half million dollars in the position. My guess. Actually knowing how the Eagles are, my guess is the guy they draft whatever round they probably fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. It's actually not gonna be a big guy. It's not gonna be the Trey Sermon type. It's actually gonna be the Gainwell type because Gainwell is already heading into year three of his contract. They don't care, dude. Gainwell, see ya. It's like we're not we're the Eagles, dude. The Eagles are the Eagles are probably the number one team that puts the nerd NFL Twitter shit onto the field. So they're not, they are not giving Gainwell three years, $12 million when his contract is up. They're no, saying, they're not. let, they're saying, let someone else do that. So I, I would actually bet like a, a Zach Evans, a do, I mean, I just, I'm going to keep trying to meme Deuce Vaughn into existence, but you guys know what I mean? Like they're, they're maybe, maybe, maybe Devin, Devin, Oshanay, you know, Hayden doesn't watch
1: Davis. You should watch Keeton Mitchell, ECU. He's he's real fast. He's real. He's bigger than Deuce Vaughn, (laughs) and he's more athletic. And the dude has like, I hate these small type of running backs usually for fantasy purposes. But this guy's tape, I was like, okay, this guy's pretty pretty. I mean, wait, are are you not in
0: on Deuce Vaughn? This is a Deuce Vaughn show.
2: Yeah, this is a Deuce. He's not. I know. Same reason.
0: Yeah, he's, not, he's <laughs> yeah, yes, but we're still in. <laughs> I mean
2: that's what that's what Crane and I are like at we did a post-combine show and we were both like, yeah, we're gonna be playing this dude in USFL DFS in two years. I but but I, I'm in I'm in on it because I'm in on him because if he's not an undrafted free agent, if a team takes him, it's gonna mean that the coach or the director player personnel saw something. And was like, we can specifically use this because you're not going to draft the shortest player in NFL Combine history by accident. Like that, it's, it's just not it's not something that that happens. You know, he's
1: got a test, man. Yeah. Go crush your pro day, please. In the win, seventh round, see. you're going to see the ticker. They're going to draft him as a motivational speaker. Oh, come it's it's going to be over.
0: No, he's going to get. He's going to be a special teams ace, and in, in year seven and you're seven when he's done nothing for your dynasty i could
2: i could i could see that actually well it's is he too small to even be good on special teams though like can a 180 pound man tackle the average punt
0: returner no he's the punt returner that's the that's the game oh
2: okay i can see that yeah
0: um all right last couple things on penny one i've seen him go behind kenny gainwell still that seems wrong to me i feel like you want to okay you guys are with that and then one thing that came up on the Roto World Football show is we uh we talked about Penny versus David Montgomery. Uh you know, another kind of free agents guy, although he's not on the Risers, which is interesting. I don't and want then, David
2: Montgomery in any situation.
0: Okay. Um versus Jamal Williams. Uh no, no versus Sanders, that's who he said. Penny, Sanders or Montgomery. Where are you guys on those three?
1: Penny last. I think the market will agree with that. I think it'll be multiple round difference just because so many people are going to be out on the injuries. Um, I think Sanders has the easiest path to RB two, but I think that Montgomery has the easiest path to like, uh, okay. Better, better question.
2: Which one of them has the biggest rise from the end of best ball mania four to best ball resurrection? Which one, which one sees the largest Delta between where they're drafted in week one and week six.
1: Montgomery, I think, has a chance to like. It's be totally the
2: guy penny. It's it's four. It's no, penny. It's, it's four healthy penny weeks. It's, people it's are penny's him healthy.
0: And, That's the yeah. answer. Yeah, yeah. Here's but why, I, here, here's
2: why. Here's why David Montgomery. I'm um, I'm not in. the The value where he was providing when he was a good fantasy running back in Chicago was not ever related to his efficiency. It was just him getting the ball at the, and because they wouldn't yeah, even take him off the field on third downs. I mean, Jamal Williams' son run his goddamn ass off last year to get the, to accumulate the touchdowns that he did. Like, how many times did Amon Ross St. Brown get tackled at the one yard? Yeah, line? at least at least five times. Amon Ross St. Brown got tackled at the one yard line, and so then you're talking about the guy who's in the ass end of a timeshare who's got to just get three yard touchdowns to get spike weeks, and that just feels precarious. Well,
0: the thing I would push back on, so for I I just to answer my own question i have i would have penny first i like penny the most of these three guys i I think that's where the upside comes that's where the one week upside comes in but i think i'd have montgomery too just because I, i feel like it could be the leonard fournette thing again from two years ago where they're just like you know what we're trying to make the playoffs and this guy like doesn't screw anything up ever now does he ever do anything good nope but we Co- just coaches like,
2: clearly do not like DeAndre Swift. Clearly, yeah. Dan Campbell is yeah. has like had enough of DeAndre Swift. They could trade him tomorrow.
1: Her. I would not be surprised.
0: I, that's yeah, a great I, point. I yeah, I agree. So it's just like I could see eighty percent snapshare David Montgomery, in the fantasy playoffs, and that would really that would really help you in the ninth round. It really would. So I think I Montgomery's think gonna go way to, earlier.
1: So. I think Montgomery's gonna go way earlier. I think he's gonna be oh. right next to DeAndre Swift, like round six, right in the middle of the dead zone. million is so much money. Like to me, it's just like, look at that offense. Who, who really cares if, if Swift gets hurt or gets traded or like that, we've seen Montgomery, even if we don't think that he's going to like have breakaway plays that he can, he can play passing downs. And I I think that's the difference between Jamal and David Montgomery is there's a chance that he steals some of Deandre Swift's pass game work just because he's done it before. He's a better pass protector. Um, and that they just value him. Like $18 million is so much money in the running back market. and, they they had going back to the hard knocks last year that was like a perfect chance to show off deandre swift he could be like a total nfl like fan favorite and they were going out of their way to like talk about like how he's not tough enough and how his vision's bad and stuff like on like uh, the official nfl show they were like talking shit on him openly it was very very strange and then they give jamal all that work and now they give david montgomery all this money it seems like montgomery's got like A
0: league winning pass uh path just because the offense i think at his current price i agree he's got he's going at pick 100 he's not on this risers list uh we talk about closing line value a lot on this podcast uh shout out to sam by the way he uh he he mentioned a couple times in the discord that he was uh a little bummed not to be on the show because he had previously selected rashad penny for his closing line value flag plant and that one is going to hit in a big way but it sounds like from what you're saying, Hayden, we should be drafting Montgomery even if we don't love him, because like I want no parts of him in the sixth round. Like I will be happily passing. That's but that's, if he's going to end up the there, issue. if he's going to end up there, like you should be drafting him at pick 100. What about James Connor as a kind
1: of like a couple years ago James Connor, where he was getting the red the red zone work? It was the same exact contract. He's not out of the prime of his career. No one really loves James Conner. No one really loves David Montgomery. Except the coaches and the offense was good with the Cardinals during James Conner's big breakout, and we know the Lions are going to be so good. So, like James Conner was like an eighth, ninth, ninth round pick. Uh, I can see an, an eighth, ninth round pick paying off with an RB. My like my third
2: uh, my third back. eye is starting to open here. On yeah. like I, I seeing the the issue would be is if Swift miraculously ingratiates himself to the coaching staff somehow because. I think one thing that you actually could could say about Dan Campbell that seems more true about him than regular NFL coaches is he's like, he seems like he's not going to play guys who are stinking. You know, like, uh, like you, Amon Ross St. Brown probably would not have gotten as many chances on, you know, if he was playing for the, I don't know, Pittsburgh Steelers or something. Like he probably would have been playing behind Steven Sims, but he just, he rewards guys who are playing really well. And, um, <laughs> Like, if Swift shows up in great shape, doesn't get hurt, yeah. is, you know, I mean, which is like, you know, obviously that could, like, we don't have a ton of evidence to suggest that is happening. And David Montgomery probably will be Dan Campbell's like favorite dude ever. But Swift is so much better than him, efficiency wise, that if Swift is playing well, it's hard for me to imagine Montgomery. Doing anything other than what Jamal Williams did last. Yeah, it year. is a
0: problem that Montgomery's like not good. That seems to be that's generally I do think not. But there's ideal. a difference
1: between we thinking that he's not good versus what coaches think. And like every indication, going back to draft profile good, third that. round. Yeah, no, but, but the, the, the Bears,
0: coach, it the Bears coaches if you
1: are good.
2: Yeah, and the Bears coaches soured on him too. You know, it's like the Bears coach. I mean, the Bears freaking signed Dante Foreman and Travis Homer, like the most like hand in the dirt grinding running backs ever and they decided David Montgomery was like not good enough the, the to... money was
1: way different though I'm just gonna go back no, to the lines evaluation fair. Is sub- and even if let's say DeAndre Swift is like the alpha here now that we know David Montgomery is clearly capable of three down work and attached to a good offense where would we be drafting him strictly as a handcuff type of guy he would still be 10th 11th round before yeah yeah that's why that's why I, I do think you should be drafting him now I really yeah. So like, I think yeah. sixth, seventh round for the chance for him to be the lead back and the worst case you have a handcuff that would, we would probably be ranking as the number one handcuff possibly in the entire league, just because we have so much faith in the lines offense.
2: It's just the, the meme in drafting this year is going to be like, let's find this year's Josh Jacobs, like boring guy. Who's like kind of sucked and and whatever and like I can see David Montgomery fitting into that stereotype and I don't I mean the number one thing is I just don't think David Montgomery is going to catch that many passes on this team I, maybe
0: Sanders, he, it, Sanders might be he has a case to be the Josh Jacobs where it's like guy we're just over goes to a team well, they just Sanders him was all the Sanders
2: was that guy last year
0: <laughs> yeah he kind of was but now he could potentially be catching some more dump offs from a rookie quarterback
1: and when yeah. he was with Deuce Staley back in Eagles, he had like 67 and 50 targets, and those have gone away with Jalen Hurts, but they brought Deuce Staley in, and then his first yep. move was to bring back Miles Sanders, and those were his best uh, fantasy years, like based off of like projected points, not based off of random touchdowns.
0: Yeah, I think like if you're taking these guys at the very end of you know ninth round range, like It feels pretty good, actually. Uh, Sanders up to pick 90. Wide receiver completely falls off in that range anyway. So, like, it's a good time to pivot to running back. It's a good time, like, historically that's been a pretty good time to select running backs. Um, And I think all three of these guys might settle. They feel like dead zone backs to me. So, I don't know if they're going to get priced like them. I don't know if they're going to get into the fifth round at any point. But it's certainly possible, especially when projections start to drive things a little bit more. What are you guys' thoughts on the old running backs and like their value?
1: Because something I've been thinking about is just there's there's not going to be an easy projection like for f- fantasy running backs because all the old guys that have been volume hogs, like we're talking about age cliffs this year. So I think there's going to be some uncomfortable You're talking about range.
0: Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, that whole pocket, right? Joe Mixon's yeah. in that range. So like, I think the, Joe Mixon's somebody's not going to be a take, bangle. Yeah, I, I can see them getting rid of him,
1: too. But, like, somebody has to, like, the NFL is still going to rush for yards and still rush for touchdowns. Like, there's going to be some new faces that are just absorbing workloads that it we have the... never seen do, do this before. And these are the type of guys that, to me, like, okay, the 25-year-old that's just going to be taking work from what we've seen from, like, the 28, 29-year-old. You,
2: you, already, you already know who the Bengals guy is. is Chris Evans.
1: Oh, I, I I really wish, but I really do not see
0: it. I, I think they're going to sign. Uh, are we getting Chris Evans to the second summer? No, the, <laughs> I, Bengals, the Bengals
2: are the Bengals are are right now living the drill tweet, the drill candles tweet, because in uh, twelve months they're going to have fifty percent of their salary cap allocated to Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T Higgins. So they have to find I- any cost controlled labor. They can, and if they if they were able to get Travion Williams or Chris Evans into the semblance of what Samaj P Ryan and Mixon did for them, they would be ecstatic. But I think Hayden is probably correct. They would probably, I mean, Devin Singletary, uh, I, you know, Kareem Hunt has been tossed out there because he's already kind of got paid, so maybe he just wants to go be a lead back somewhere. Like if you could pay. Cream Hunt eight million dollars or Joe Mixon eleven million dollars is like no contest. You're just gonna pay eight million dollars. Cream might get like two
0: million though, it, and it's a good class to like bring in cheap Cream Hunt and then draft a fifth and a sixth and I'm running back. Like yes, you'll, you'll probably hit on something, mm-hmm. or go get to okay. Johnson, like Dearness, Dearness Dearness Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, so
2: much, so much cheap running back labor. Um do we think there's a market for a Dalvin cook trade? My, I, I, there, I, cause that's, they, they gave what Madison got seven and a half million dollars, I think guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And he's. I mean, Madison has always been good and it feels like maybe the cook always being injured and always having the shoulder thing is starting to be a little bit bothersome, you know, from a, from a team The Dolphins perspective. were floated
0: as a team that was interested. Every, yeah, every running back
2: get- is floated to the Dolphins.
0: That's true. I
1: thought he was going to get cut, but then he had off uh shoulder surgery again. And one of the reasons why he probably did it is because he had a two million dollar guaranteed bonus that kicks in like today. And since they can't release him because he wouldn't pass a physical uh, right now, he's going to be locked on for two more two million more dollars, which is, yeah. makes the the team uh less incentivized to actually Third release him. so guy. that's okay. so good. so we'll oh, yeah, see no. we'll see they can still do it but it's they would save or like the the those 2 million dollars are no longer being saved those are actually in dalvin's uh paycheck
0: uh someone in the chat here bring ff disguise bringing up damian harris who i like damian harris still exists right he's still on this planet he's still like a pretty solid early down rush i haven't heard anything about him and yeah i mean i I don't know. He seems like a a guy that I would happily bring in if I was the Bengals, you know?
2: Why don't the Chiefs sign Damian Harris, to be honest?
1: He just, he, what, led the league in rushing touchdowns two years ago? I'm shocked that. And he's like a Belichick guy, Alabama guy. I thought that there would be like a power team that would want him. I
2: I I wonder if actually being a Belichick guy counts against you in free agency because, you know, like – they they do they get their production in such a specific way, you know what I mean? Where it's like once you've been used up by the Patriots, you got nothing left to give, kind of. The nightmare. Yeah, although he, he didn't play in his Texas. rookie year. That's true.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: you yeah, go back to you... the 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 Bengals. The reason why I picked Singletary is because like that offense, how often they're in like mm. like uh, shotgun and stuff, and how Joe Burrow operates. That they love pass protection backs, and like Singletary is the guy that. Has been pass protecting at a, like pretty good rate on third downs forever, and that's why Samaj P. Run played so much versus Mixon. So I think that would be
2: you know a good you fit. know who one of the best pass blockers in NFL history is. You might have yeah. heard of him, a guy named Ezekiel Elliott. You from the oh, Dallas God. Cowboys? <laughs>
1: no, I could actually no. see that.
2: No, Zeke, <laughs> I, could I I, could I totally I, see
1: it. My oh, yeah, brother-in-law,
2: totally. my brother-in-law, texted me yesterday, and was like. I think the chiefs are going to sign Zeke. Like I, he was like fucking with me, but like, I was just thinking about it. I was like, I don't I actually could kind of see, cause one, he's going to want to sign with a good team. He's not going to go sign with some shitty team or whatever. And two, th- a good team can talk themselves into Zeke the same way teams talk themselves into Levi Bell, into LaShawn McCoy. Like he, he's so good in pass protection and you know, he's going to get
0: gold. Those,
2: those short yardage. You know, how, how different is Ezekiel Elliott from the Chiefs signing Le'Veon Bell and LaShawn McCoy and Darrell Williams and all these old... Duff Not girls?
0: different, especially because those guys did nothing.
1: <laughs>
2: Sean McCoy I think had the Bengals...
0: The Bengals are the
1: team that needs the running back spot the most because I'm with you. I think that Mixon's well, probably going to get out of there. And, like, they have nobody. They just lost, like... They don't they need to protect Joe Burrow's knee more than anything else. Like the rushing yards really don't matter to them that much. They just need to make sure Burrow's upright. So Zeke Elliott over there would make some sense.
0: How do we play this in drafts besides not drafting Mixon, which I'm already doing? Um, because there's enough backs out there, right? There's Kareem Hunt, Ezekiel Elliott, Damian Harris, there's Leonard Fournette. So on any of those guys could go there and
2: you just take the uncertainty you take any of the uncertain you're just taking guys, shots you're just taking you shots just take, on you're just taking shots and i think you take shots on lots of the third tier of running back prospects too because that could be a spot yeah could land well, that's well.
0: easier i think because those guys it's sort of like more of a bet on talent play maybe they kind of bubble up at the end of the season no matter where they I mean, land. look i don't
2: i don't want to burst anyone's bubble but leonard fournette is going to be uh, like a big part of some team's offense in 2023 oh like i don't i don't <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean i i hate to i hate to tell you guys this but like jerry his, jerry jones is probably already called leonard fournette's agent to see if, if he's willing to take like a yep. really small paycheck
0: yep. another one would be uh Eckler gets traded, and Fournette goes to the Chargers. I, I don't think I can stomach it, but it's very Damien Harris, Harris to the Chargers. How about that? Damien Harris to the Chargers makes go. a lot of sense. That's yeah. a good one. That's
1: a very good one. Or Zeke with follows Kellen Moore. I'm not sure if they're on the same no, page. No, We don't want that. I got to think <laughs> Kellen Moore's
2: like, had enough he's of enough? A working yeah, relation. Okay. Yeah, he's like, I <laughs> Yeah,
0: don't that means poor <laughs> Kellen. <laughs> he's like, all right, here's Zeke again. All right, let's move on to um, this other this stack. that I, We have a rising stack. DJ Moore and Justin Fields. I was curious how the market would handle this. Um, and they're are, into people it.
2: People are, they're way too into it, man. They're way too into it. Okay. They need to zoom out on the chart.
0: I will say it's a nice little stack that you can make out. I think one reason that you're seeing the increase is because it's like, Just what is it? Like double this, click. Yeah. The four, five, it's a, is it the five, six or the three, maybe it's the three, four, um, where you, where you take one and then you grab the other um and and to do it to make it work you kind of got to reach a little so I, I wonder if that's driving this at all and i have done it it's a fun it's a fun it, move it,
2: it definitely is driving it i mean we saw this last year in best ball mania three by how the buccaneers adps mirrored christian mccaffrey's there was the the bills adps mirror uh it was like it was like digs and allen's adps mirrored each other the Broncos. chargers guys yeah the Broncos, yeah so i i think i think that is a huge uh, factor.
1: And we're so excited yeah. about Fields, but there was literally nobody to stack him with like that right. got us excited. So now DJ Moore goes there. I think that the projections are going to come out and then we're going to sort by projections versus rankings. We're going to say, how are we drafting DJ Moore here? Like, it's so hard to make the this like math work for DJ Moore at this price tag. I get that. It's like you want access to the Justin Fields 35 point game and he throws a touchdown and 100 yards to DJ Moore then you're like going to win the tournament. So... I don't think the projections have to line up exactly, but I do really don't understand this one at all.
2: If you give the bears 10 more passing attempts per game than they had last year, does he DJ Moore's projection even hit this?
0: Well, yeah, that's the question because I think what the bears are doing here you know you're bringing in dj Moore. you're actually showing faith in justin fields after they really seemed like very ambivalent about whether or not he was gonna be the quarterback going forward Mm -hmm. last year and i think that these projections are fragile where like the bears were so extreme with uh their their uh pass rate over expected just being super super low um, I'm pulling it up right now. It was like off the charts low and
2: it was the fewest pass attempts since the 1979
0: Chiefs. Yeah, they're minus 14% pass rate over expected. Uh minus 10% uh Now, on, how
2: does pass rate overexpected over expected account for sacks and scrambles? That would be that would be I cuz I don't I don't know the methodology. Those are but...
0: uh those are pass attempts. It's, okay. So that not, that makes it, it it's dropbacks, yeah. They use that drop makes backs. it
2: even worse because Justin Fields has been sacked on thirteen percent of his career dropbacks, and he also was led the NFL in scramble rate, which means that basically, like, what, roughly twenty percent of the time when the Bears even call a pass play, a target doesn't even get directed. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And sacks has been a big issue for him. Like, that's a weakness of, of I mean, his game.
2: Thirteen percent so. of your career is like twice as bad as Joe Burrow, who's like giant Achilles heel that keeps him from being a truly great quarterback is that he eats too many sacks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a concern. But I do think like when you get to this level of run heaviness, like we saw this with the Ravens a couple years ago where it's like enough things kind of just like went against like their preferred plan where they, they were run first, but they weren't extremely run heavy. And the difference between, where you're probably going to have to project the bears and where they could be. If they're just like a normal run first team is like pretty large. So I actually do think that for the purposes of trying to take down a a top heavy, big best ball tournament, there's, uh, I think there's upside here. If you're, the other thing is like, in the sense of you're, you're doing the expensive stack. You want there to be upside. If the bears play like they did last year, the team is dead, but like that, well that's you're to, already to, betting on this stack to hit in a major way so like that's to, you're to kind steal
2: of, to steal an argument from one mr chess liam winner of best ball mania too this does look like the classic horrible advance rate really high upside in the championship round because my my guess is there are going to be a lot of weeks where dj moore has one reception for 18 yards
0: well you if know. it's that then i think it's going to be a mike evans situation where like it's a bad enough advance rate that you don't even win when he does go off oh um,
2: yeah tough you
0: know I think you need I think you need it to be like we were just a bit off um on the projections and then you get the weekly upside you're going to need the weekly upside. I mean
2: I I traded away DJ Moore in the two leagues where I had him in in dynasty I just I, I there I knew there was going to be a little mm-hmm. bit of exuberance. I just I, I and I'm I'm happy to be wrong cuz I always like when quarterback situations go from being bad to be good and I still think Fields will be really good for fantasy but he's got like there's there's like two full things like one he's got a lot of work to do as a passer in general and they have to let him pass more so that's a tough developmental curve
0: anyone else jump out here on the risers
2: yeah the terrence marshall feels like the uh 2023 version of brashad perryman uh Mm -hmm. who who is the guy who's the guy last year there was another guy who, who was in like... Well, Lazard, oh,
0: but he was more expensive.
2: Uh, yeah, just like basically the idea of like someone's got to get the targets and like actually it doesn't have to be Terrace Marshall. It, it could be Shy Smith. It could be LaVisca Schnolt. It could be a rookie we've never heard of. It could be Adam Thielen. You know, like I bet Adam Thielen scores more fantasy points than Terrace Marshall if he does in fact sign with the Panthers. God,
0: I, I, I can't. I can't live in that world. Uh, Garrett Wilson...
1: If once once we get the news, is he going to go ahead of Devonte Adams like eleventh, twelfth overall? Like, yeah, probably. Yeah, like I I don't see like I don't think he'll compete with Diggs, but because like Josh, people want to draft Josh Allen and versus Rogers, but I can see where, is,
2: like, where does where does Elijah Moore go
0: to the power? Well, <laughs> yeah, do you, yeah I, yeah I, you got the joke out first I was I was gonna say no, depends no, on how much you like no, Jordan Love no
2: thank you no thank you <laughs> I can't, I can't do that.
0: <laughs> right. He's going to the Packers, right? I mean, that seems obvious. I think Corey Davis is going,
1: but the problem is there's no way that Elijah Moore is playing over Alan Lazard and like, no right. one's going to draft Alan Lazard. So I think the, the way to play it is probably just draft Alan
0: Lazard because nobody wants to do it. Why isn't, here's two things. Let's go back to running back for a second. Why isn't Tony Pollard on this list? Maybe it's, maybe it's, but it was like, already
2: priced in. It was already priced. I don't in. think
0: it was. And then why, uh, why isn't Brees Hall on this list? They probably just good.
1: missed it. Yeah, I, I think we're like one positive report away from Brees Hall from raising the expectations. Yeah, he's like is it going uh, to like Kenneth Walker and those guys. So there's there's some, like a couple young guys. I'm surprised like Ramondre Stevenson kind of goes as late as he does. That's somebody I thought was going to go from like third fourth round to into the second round. Um,
0: I think the James Robinson signing is good because I think it keeps great. one of these rookies away. Yeah, well, and James Robinson I
1: stinks.
0: I don't so. think he's make the team.
2: What was your favorite bad Patriots contract the, this week? I, I the long snapper, the the most guaranteed money ever for a long snapper is really on brand for the Patriots. But one that. year, one year nine million dollars after spending like the GDP of uh, Barbados on Hunter Henry and John Smith was also pretty good. It's just hard. To, yeah, it's all, it's all pretty funny, though.
0: When the Juju contract originally looked just like the Jacoby <laughs> contract, it's like, we got worse Jacoby
2: for the same price. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. One, one really freeing thing is that I'm not going to have to up myself into Juju Smith-Schuster this offseason. Yeah. Like, like, if he would have signed the three-year three, 33 with Kansas City, and I would have had to have done this with my – Well, you know, he got banged up, and there was those two games where he really done. And you know, he was a big play in the Super Bowl. Mahomes will trust him.
0: And he's still only twenty three, so you know. Oh Oh, man! All right, let's look at let's look at the fallers here. Uh, Booty Davis, you called this right after the combine. You said, I mean, he's
2: he's, he, it's done for him, dude. I I I talked. So JJ tried to put me back. Like I I was off the ledge. JJ tried to put me back on the ledge a little bit yesterday, which is basically like guys of this profile, even when their final year production stinks, some NFL team is going to be like, nope, I watched him in 2020. He was awesome. And I want him on my team. So maybe he doesn't go to day three. My issue is, is I just don't even think he'll succeed in that. Like, even if he is a round three pick, I think, I just think he'll stink. So I'm out. Eckler should be a way bigger faller, though. Austin Eckler outside of an environment where they force feed him 103 targets is going to be like we're looking at like fancy Kenneth Gainwell in his range of outcomes. I just it's it's really bad.
0: I think I agree. I, I'm going to plead the fifth on this one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you could I mean one thing you could argue is like no team Like teams are not trading for running backs. Like it's 2023. Like he's just going to have to play for the Chargers.
0: Yeah, but it's also like if things have broken down between him and the team, and then you know they're looking to add. Are they going to add Charbonnet? You know, are they going to add? Well,
2: they've done that for many free agents. They've done that 19 years in a row. Yeah, but this time it'll work. (laughs) (laughs) Josh Kelly didn't work. Kalen Balazs didn't work. Larry Roundtree didn't work. But this time
0: it'll work. (laughs) This time it'll work. I think Charbonnet is better than those guys, but I mean, it's Damien Harris it's, is the move.
2: It's like the professor of the dark arts at Hogwarts too. It's just a cursed position. Is <laughs> is it is. It's true. <laughs> Sony <laughs> Michelle was getting goal line carries in 2022 for a team that was trying to make the playoffs. Oh
0: God, yeah, Isaiah Spiller. I guess. I mean, I thought he would have been. Oh, I, for, I, I, had
2: completely forgotten that they took, and people were jazzed about. It. He was a first round rookie pick.
0: Oof, oof, <laughs> that, that yeah, was that's not great. Until. All right, uh, another rookie, uh, Sean Tucker, a faller. He's this is an ADP. Sam's been pointing out this ADP for weeks. It's not really making any sense. I have not really seen much draft buzz on him. He seems sort of like a lot like Chase Brown when I look at the kind of the overall like archetype profiles. And Chase Brown just had a great combine, so I'm sort of like, why are we, why are we preferring him yep. to Chase Brown?
1: When dyn- initial dynasty rankings came out for this class like in January, then uh, that's like, obviously like all spreadsheet people. They loved Sean Tucker early declare really productive. And then some people thought he was going to run like a four, four
0: at like, I'll push back on this. I actually think the early dynasty people are more film guys because they're, they're Jan-
2: January, January rankings yeah. are film dudes because yeah, that's spreadsheet film dudes guys. are still gambling in January. Our spreadsheets
0: aren't ready yet. Aiden, it's it's, <laughs> well, it's coming
2: it's, in
1: February. Yeah. But the people <laughs> drafting on underdog are going to be the, Guys that are going to be the spreadsheet guys that are getting into drafts early to some degree. I, no, I think the Sean I think Tucker. Of the film stuff, guys. This is where you see. I'm blaming established Trey the Sermon's run. There's my take. super
0: high coming in.
1: I remember being I'm like, great, I'm, I'm blaming Establish the run. I think that they had Sean Tucker as RB four initially.
0: Okay, and, all right, we uh, can blame ETR. Yeah,
2: I mean that's it's so funny that website's influence over these markets. It's like if they're wrong, if they're wrong on someone, but they're really aggressively wrong, like off by like thirty spots. It's like people will just, cause they just draft, they put their rankings in the applet and it'll never change. Right. So like if, if they just have someone and, and, and look, we've all done rankings. Sometimes you just put a guy somewhere, you know, it's not, it's like, it's like, I've got, it's like, <laughs> <He> was,
0: yeah. <laughs> opening the curtain there. No, everyone look, see we've all project.
2: done rankings. Sometimes you got to everyone,
0: you, you got to put everyone somewhere. So
2: you don't really have <laughs> strong feelings on your dude. Who's 153rd yeah. versus 185th. But when you're drafting by another site's rankings and not off adp it could just mean you look at your thing and you're like oh i got this guy ranked 20 spots ahead i'm taking him every time obviously you know it's just it it, you know it and it's not it's not their fault either like it's a way you have to do it but it is it's just kind of one of those things that's funny
0: I've, i've watched him i don't think he's very good he seems fine he actually to your spreadsheet point the one thing he does pop in is backfield dominator rating which Uh, Blair Andrews is noted as you know that's the thing that kind of showed Philip Lindsay
2: I was gonna say that's a Philip Lindsay stat
0: yeah it's a Philip Lindsay stat and it's it's generally pretty good at identifying later guys who don't have draft capital and so I guess like Sean Tucker someone that I'd be pretty interested in at the very end of drafts but what I haven't understood is why he goes you know at around he was going around like pick 120 to start ahead of Devin A-Chain and it's like A-Chain might be a second round pick so I'm not taking a guy who has risk of falling to like the sixth round over. JJ JJ, JJ
2: hates like. a chain, by the way. Really? It's like yeah, it's like so he, that's like his. It's like yeah, it's like too too small. Just because um, his JJ's model, his like z-score or whatever, look like really heavily weights weight. So mm-hmm. if you're like 188 pounds, you're just basically not
1: showing up. That's what my model and stuff cares about the most too. Is just weight. It just matters so much. Like that's why I like uh Roshan's interesting to me Kendra Miller's interesting he's the early declare and has the size uh Dwayne McBride no one's gonna like him because he caught literally
0: two passes what's he but, run though uh, I'm worried about his little... speed
1: I I went into his tape thinking that and then I thought he had a little bit more burst he he was injured he's, he's definitely a Colorado burst. Did, did he he's play got burst, Colorado but, State, but then it though? like slow he's like he and then it's just like that nah, he yeah. never speeds up again we'll, we'll see if he runs at his pro day I don't know when when it is but he was injured um but that's yeah. kept his ADP yeah. all the way down uh, but these guys are like classic the Brian Robinsons of the class where mm-hmm, you're like, mm-hmm. we don't love him, but he's actually on the field. And then all these other guys really are That's why I like Zach Charbonnet so much. Like I think Zach Charbonnet has the size and he catches passes like to me, like there's your upside case.
0: Whether I think you he's think got, he got he kind of like a stuff. Cam Acres type of thing where he could just like he's not going to be an amazing pass catcher, but he could just be out there all the time. Yeah, I comped him to James Conner, and he's had. I to go. I prefer I,
2: like I prefer betting on dudes who just got the ball a shit ton for like blue blood college programs. Like that's just like such a good mm-hmm. asymmetric bet, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh yeah, a lot of these guys are gonna flame out, and you're not gonna get any production from them anyways. But I like I I had a lot of Brian Robinson last year before he got shot. Then um, ended up with way too much Antonio Gibson, but because it was just a really good my my guy. I think there are two guys like that this year: Tank Bigsby is one of them he's totally nothing special not that fast like whatever and then i just i can't get it like this roshan johnson thing it's like some team is just going to be like you're you're samaj p right now you yep. are going to keep our quarterback from getting killed basically yeah. Yeah. i love roshan he took John robinson a first round running back off the field on pass stands that's crazy
0: mm-hmm. yeah i i need to draft more of him I, I think he's He's like one of these dudes is never going to pop for me, but is just going to end up scoring fantasy points. So He used to play quarterback. Track. I think he went to Texas as a quarterback. Dude,
2: he was a four-star high school quarterback recruit yeah. who went to Texas and only changed positions because basically he was like, Texas has nine quarterbacks at any given mm-hmm. time and every running back got hurt and I want to play.
1: He's going mm-hmm. around three. That's my early, early bold take. Okay, he's, go- he's going late round three, and then I'm with he's, this. He's he's gonna get steamed up, and he's gonna play pass- He's gonna go to the Bengals and play the Samaj P. Ryan role as uh like Zeke's like handcuff, and end up winning. A Zeke's handcuff
0: is a bet I will always make. Yeah, it's <laughs> that a good, is, a <laughs> that has been a good bet. Uh, Roshan Johnson in, on this chart, you see he looks overvalued, but that's with expected draft position outside. The chart, the chart rounds. doesn't know. The chart doesn't yeah, know chart that doesn't Roshan know. has that dog. Once he's pick eighty, you know, all of a sudden he's firmly in the green here, green here. So, uh, I like that one. A chain. I I hear what you're saying about the weight, but like, there is something to like. He's super fast, and he's gonna get drafted same, highly.
2: Same same thing as as Deuce Vaughn, where it's like some coach is gonna fall in love with that the dude being so fast.
0: Do you think that the weight and the not and the speed that wasn't like electrically fast? You know, there's talk like he could be in the four twos. He wasn't. He's still very very fast. But does that is he like? Does he get drafted after Roshan or something? Is he a late third round? I
2: think he went. I think he cost himself whatever the difference between a second round and a third round contract is by not running in the fourteen. You can't be your claim to fame can't be I was I he won some event in NCAA track and field and then run and then not run the fastest forty time at running back.
1: I think he put on weight. That's why. And I I think he's going to go round. I think he's going to go round three. And he's he reminds me of like James Cook. Now I think that. A chains better than like James Cook, but I think we're like headed to that type of. Uh, well, role I didn't take range coach last all that year, that so
2: maybe I won't have any.
1: That's in interesting. Chain. Yeah, he yeah I think SEC and like was like a bell cow in the SEC, so, like they're like be a bell cow. Out. Like he was yeah.
2: getting like thirty touches against Bama, and that's like, a legit hole.
1: offense. So,
0: yeah, he's someone that I've, it's a little risky because it's just like purely a bet on draft position. I don't love the profile, but. I do think there's upside. Just if the draft position comes in, he just shouldn't be going where he's going in terms mm-hmm. of closing line value. Is he going to settle a pick 150 if he's a second round pick? Which there's a good chance of like, no, he's not. He's he's going to be way higher than that. So, yep. I, I don't want to be all in on him right now because I don't. I also am worried about the weight, but he he makes sense to mix into me. Uh, Charbonnet, you're having to pay for, but it, he's still not. You're not you're not overpaying per this chart. So. I think he's really think, undervalued. That's my point.
2: JJ JJ was nice. bearish on Gibbs,
1: too. Same.
0: Really? You're not that yeah. big. So Okay, so why aren't you that into Gibbs? Is it because he's 199, Hayden? Is, is he yeah. under 200 now? The, the model well, doesn't like it? <laughs> the model
1: doesn't care about the exact weight. The model does care about production, and he wasn't that productive at Alabama. He got a lot of passes, and he was extremely explosive, but they would take him out on every short yardage. They would take him mm. out at the goal line. He didn't get any of that stuff even at Georgia Tech. So I I think his tape is phenomenal. Like I understand why an NFL team would draft him very high, but for fantasy purposes at least on Underdog where it's half PPR, I can see some hesitancy like easier path to 250 300 touches Charbonnet versus Gibbs. I think Charbonnet can have that and efficiency doesn't matter all that much here. So I really like Gibbs as like a prospect. I don't think that he he's going
2: to be pigeonholed. That's it's like the right. worst. It's the thing we hate where the coaches are not. It's like the same yeah. thing. It's like, you know, the, the Cowboys running back coach was like, yeah, we really didn't want to give Pollard 25 yeah. touches in this game. The Zeke yeah. was out and, and Pollard's big. He's like two fifteen. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I compared Gibbs to Pollard, assuming that's the type of role he's going to have. But like you said, Pollard is 10 pounds bigger than Jameer Gibbs. So I like Gibbs. I, I wish he was going 80th overall instead of what 50th overall. And, um, We'll see what happens with with the Charbonnet stuff, but there's like Daniel Jeremiah ranks him like 40th overall prospect. And obviously, he's not accounting for positional value and stuff. But like, it seems like Charbonnet is pretty well liked. So, uh, I I just think that Charbonnet is probably going to go a little bit earlier. And I think that people are underestimating how like at least competent he is on third downs for somebody that weighs 215 pounds.
0: I agree that he's competent on third downs. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I brought up brought up Cam Akers, and I like the James Conner comp as well. It's like, I don't think he's going to, like, impress anyone as a pass catcher, but I don't think he's going to get himself embarrassed either. If he goes to a place where they have, like, a clear pass catching back already there, I don't think he's displacing him. But if they don't, he could be that guy. So there's, like, there's definitely upside. It's a little fragile. but Have
2: we talked about Abacanda yet, who... Caught a bunch of passes in college. Was a stone workhorse, you know, like like really, really held up. I just, I guess, I guess because he uh, has not done his pro day yet and didn't do anything at the combine. There's not really anything new to say.
0: Yeah, so that he was supposed to be super fast, right? But we don't have testing. We, on him. we don't have. But I mean, he's no he's list,
2: Yeah, no. I my guess is whenever Pitt does their pro day, we'll we'll get some.
1: Yeah, Brugler, Jeremiah, all those types, like they just never rank them inside the top ten of their rankings for the position. So it's just like, yeah, like is he gonna go fifth
0: round? Like, then like, I or is guess he not gonna get drafted? It's a deep class. Like yeah. I remember with some of these deep classes a couple of years ago, where I was like, man, guys, you so guys like,
2: you like don't even get drafted. They don't even
0: get drafted. Yeah. And it's like so crushing. You know, it's like dudes you didn't expect, and it's like, yep, not even drafted. Um, yeah. And there's also a dude in here. Who you don't think is going to get drafted, who will? He'll be like, Mo Mo
2: Ibrahim, by the way, is my guy. Where it's like in our stuff, it would be like, this guy's never caught any passes. He's 24 already. This guy is not an NFL player. And then boom, the Seahawks take him in the fourth round. And you're like, what (laughs) just happened?
0: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like Vilas Jones, obviously, is a receiver, but there's stuff like that (laughs) every year. We are like,
1: what? Yeah.
0: I think it might be McBride
1: going earlier than expected. Like PFF has him as the running back five. I've seen like Bruegler mess around with him as like the running back six and stuff. No hype on him. Not going to catch passes. Not going to be a uh,
0: a guy that like the the classic like. He is one of the lowest yards per route run I've mm-hmm. ever seen. Zero point yep. one six. He yep. is like a pure two down guy. But I kind of like him. Like he's early declare really productive. Yeah, he, he's like a. I think like Gus Edwardsy, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, just like kind of a, he's definitely got burst. Like he,
2: man, do not invoke the name of Gus Edwards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, you know, Gus Edwards, there was that, that thing in dynasty where you're like, I think I have something here, you know, for a minute. And then they draft JK Dobbins.
2: Well, that's running backs, right? It's just running backs in general. I just trade, I, uh, Corrine, I just made a trade that made my skin crawl. I traded the 108 for Damian Pierce and Isaiah Pacheco.
0: Hmm. it's We're bad in super, flex, in super flex
2: it's yeah it's bad but i just need running back yeah, points I I my my night. i had i had pollard that was it there's my only guy who projects for over 100 points this upcoming year
1: scale to one of 10 how worried are, is the rug pull on damian pierce with the nfl oh, draft?
2: 10 of 10 literal chance they end up with Bijan robinson literal chance they take charbonnet I, I would expect I would be shocked if they don't have at least one running back by pick a hundred or whatever. yeah. I mean it's
0: also the Shanahan guys coming in and you know, we know how they do it. They just it's it's like the,
2: the rug pull on Damien. Where's what's his ADP in, in the big board? It's like right the running now? back 19 right now. Yeah. Well that actually that actually seems um measured. That actually that I I like I think there was a chance. Like people were saying some crazy stuff about Damien Pierce last year, <laughs> like crazy yeah. stuff. You know, yeah. it's like he's a fourth round rookie who got benched by his college team. So it's like, I mean, we've seen this happen so many times. Third round rookie, Michael fix, Carter,
0: but- right? Michael Carter, a good rookie year. Boom, you're yeah. done. You're back. They, they get,
2: yeah, they they get a chance and then evaporate, just like for yeah. what it, you know, it's crazy. Duke, yeah,
0: and we're like really bad at remembering that. I think we're like, we're like, oh, this guy's. Yeah, I know. I just traded. I just and- traded for him. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> And
0: <laughs> you traded for Pacheco who's
1: also. And immediately you said 10 out of 10 rug pull. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: that I mean that's the that's that's why dynasty fantasy football is actually so stupid because you to get good running backs, you have to trade at, like meaningful assets. Yeah. But running backs can go to zero like an illiquid shit coin. You know, it's like it's and like it's like a, it's like minting an NFT that ends up being a rug pull. It's like, all right, and it's gone. It's just immediate, like you just trade,
0: it's useless. As soon as you click the button, and my money's evaporated.
2: And my money's gone. <laughs>
0: um, all right, let's talk some stacks here. Uh, these are double stack average ADPs. Aaron Rodgers. We overrided the underdog, uh, which still has him on green bag. We overrided it. He's a jet. He's a jet for this. So um i don't know this chart this chart always makes my head hurt a little bit uh any anything jump out to you
2: yeah people are so fucking frothy for the jacksonville jaguars
1: (laughs) (laughs) what could go wrong here
0: (laughs) What, what could go
2: wrong literally cumulatively drafting the jaguars ahead of uh you know lamar jackson Uh, The 49ers, the Detroit Lions, who we all think are going to be good. The Seahawks, who we have like a nine year track record of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett just being the Stones. Uh, Dallas, we uh, we talked about that last week. Dallas is way too low. Um, Denver is probably the best. Plug your nose and bet that Nathaniel Hackett is the worst coach of all time and it gets back on track this year. Like this is the, 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 to draft them as the seventh offense the Jaguars, bro.
0: What's interesting too, is that, so this chart, uh, the way to look, look at it is the, the quarterbacks are in purple. So with some of these other stacks, like Miami, right. You're at least getting a cheap quarterback. You have to pay a lot for Tyree kill. And I, I, Waddle. I
2: believe that's tight. Ty- I believe that's to head injury related personally.
0: I do too, but Hey, it's a, it's a one week game here. We're, we're trying to win uh three, one week tournaments. To, to take down the money. So if he's healthy and he's got a healthy Tyreek and Waddle, he can have huge weeks. So I like I like this stack, but partly because I don't have to pay a ton for the quarterback in a market where quarterbacks are really expensive right now. That's not the case with the Jaguars. Yes, he's the cheapest, but he's still with, within the top 50 picks. You've taken your quarterback. You've taken two guys to go with him. So, I, I mean, it'd be one thing if you could get Lawrence is like a sixth or seventh round pick, but this is, I I'm with you. It just feels expensive.
1: How much sure if I like the Christian Kirk price tag right now. Like, I think you have to make a decision on who Calvin Ridley is and then go from there. I might find myself just drafting Calvin Ridley and then he
2: guaranteed, he guaranteed 1400 yards, bro.
1: Yeah. So I think I might I- just go Calvin Ridley and then go find my stacks elsewhere.
0: How is Ridley not on the risers list after after that article. that Players Tribune article? I mean, he should be up ten picks. I was yeah. pretty skeptical. I was like, no, I'm in. I'm in.
2: Is is sure. Josh Norris still caballing Zay Jones
1: to the people? He better not be. He has he hasn't done it yet, but we have not. Has had anyone a has video anyone ever
2: interview. run as hot on a tout as Zay Jones and Josh so Norris last year? That's a pretty
1: good one. So ridiculous. It was the money thing. Going back to the, does he make more money than uh, the best ball That's mania tricky. winner? He made so much money. Zay Jones yeah, has a
2: bigger contract than Juju Smith Schuster.
1: Yes, and that's why that's why he was on it. He was like, you just <laughs> sorted the next chart, is just uh, money this it. year versus ADP, and there'll be three guys you're like, oh, that's disgusting. We have to draft way more DJ Shark or whoever it is. So that's the next yeah, chart.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So any other stacks? Uh jump out. Um, I, I maintain that Carolina and Houston, it's like you're getting better. The offense is going to improve. Um, and Houston's the one that I've done more because I also think Bryce Young is going there. So I go, okay, I'll get Nico Collins, who I like a lot. Um, Cooks, I'll take. And then it's like, if he's here, cool. If he gets traded, I have some upside. And if, and if I have Collins, I McCollins mean, Collins' stock goes up a little bit. So, you know, you take a rookie, maybe uh, it, maybe you bank that. But I, I kind of like the cost a lot for Houston.
2: Shouldn't shouldn't the Raiders be kind of interesting because we know Garoppolo will just feed that short area shit and now Waller's gone. And Moreau might be gone. So they might have some tight end come in who's cheap as hell.
0: My issue with the Raiders is are they the team that takes Levis? And then no, the these are stacked are dead Levis. for the fantasy playoffs. So okay, Levis's well then taking who's the taking Levis. Richardson?
2: I think Carolina's taking Richardson. I just don't I don't um, think you ship I don't think you ship all that stuff for Ohio State Kirk Cousins.
1: I, I think it's the other way. I, I don't think you can ship that much for Anthony Richardson and then he sucks and then, this year and, and you, you, lose you lost job. Caleb Williams because you because you went after Anthony Richardson. At least like with Stroud. Wait, you'd be like, Fair. Hang on, what okay. if he sucks yeah, but, bad
0: enough? <laughs> then you then you get Caleb Williams. They don't,
1: they don't have their pick. But they don't have their pick. Oh, you lost right. Caleb Williams because you risked it on Anthony Uh-oh. Richardson. Like that I mean, would be you
2: like, know what? The... You're you're probably right. Actually, I'm probably wrong. I that I always sort of I always sort of forget how much these dudes. To want to protect their jobs and and the watching another team t- watching the Bears decide actually Fields ain't it and then taking Caleb, Caleb. Williams yeah it would be one. one of the worst
1: trades of all time yeah so, so I don't think we can risk it
2: now remember Hayden is also a bit biased towards USC and and watch them yeah. film
1: every once in a while
2: well Caleb Williams was <laughs> wow. was mine first bud
0: thank you I mean he's not, <laughs> we can't draft him I don't what are you even saying.
2: Well, I mean, we did, we did the same thing with Trevor Lawrence, right? Where it's like Trevor and, and Andrew Luck, you know, these guys, oh my God, they're they're going to, they're going to be franchise changing. Andrew Luck won one playoff game, two playoff games, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Trevor
1: Lawrence looks good, but he's not.
0: Hayden, did you happen to hear the podcast where Davis claimed that USC has never produced a good wide receiver? (laughs) <laughs> yeah i did hear that one the other day
2: it's not yeah. they have okay at least admit they have, I also thought
0: of robert woods after the podcast. They had like
1: eight in the eight first <laughs> wide receivers since i've been born
2: wide but they have also had they. Have, it's, it's because they're such a wide receiver school it's like the busts are even bigger you oh, yeah. know i mean you know yeah, what i yeah. mean oh yeah but also i'm just saying stuff you
1: know <laughs> sometimes you just gotta say things uh <laughs> there's some disgusting stacks in here that like to me like Somebody on the Patriots is going to have to do something. I, I think that the Jordan Love stuff's at least interesting to me because we we have some faith in Christian Watson yeah. at this point. Jordan Love has some theoretical upside as a first rounder. I wasn't really in on him as a prospect, but it's been five years, so maybe he's gotten better from where that kind of stands. <laughs> out uh, the Giants one, I think is 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 definitely going to be a one I would be attacking. They're going to play faster this year versus last year.
0: Um, now that they got some dudes. So one thing for me with quarterback is that I feel like, yes, there's upside at the position, but there's not as much upside at that position as others. And so I hate taking on downside risk that I'm not going to have that quarterback healthy, but not starting in the fantasy playoffs. I I'm like, why would I risk that when my payoff, when the guy hits isn't necessarily even going to be that high. So I struggle with the Vegas stack. I struggle with the commander stack. Are you using Hall there? Like, I think that might be percent. So I think Yeah. And I, but I don't really want to take percent either. So I love the Giants call because, you know, you're getting Daniel Jones. He's not that expensive.
2: You guys, are. I think you're missing the biggest value in talking about these veteran quarterbacks, Pat.
0: All right. Well, let me just finish with that. I think the I think Jordan Love is pretty darn safe to be starting he's either not starting at all because this rogers thing falls through and somehow rogers plays for them but that seems extremely improbable now i think he would just retire um they're starting jordan love in the fantasy playoffs unless he's hurt so that one like i, I mean he should be like much more expensive than a guy like sam howell to me oh yeah get he ready
2: for 17 games yeah. of baker mayfield
0: that's that's not that's not how i'm playing this i'm not i'm not i mean baker mayfield could be on another
1: team by week 17 that's the will levis team is the bucks at like 19th overall after he falls Uh, oh
2: well actually yeah that that feels that feels that feels possible um yeah i mean i've been saying it this whole time though but the the crappy third quarterbacks the sets the bakers the whatever these guys have extra value this year compared to any other year we've done this because the quarterback thirst in the first hundred picks is so real
0: yeah see i'd rather go like levis is not someone that i think is a good prospect at all but he's like i think he's better prospect than like desmond ritter or something i think he's better prospect than kenny pickett frankly well the nfl uh, so, agrees with you yeah so like his odds of starting by the end of the season i think are Pretty good, and much better than guys like Howell and you know Baker. So I, I, he's someone I'm still backdoor stacking. We're well, not stacking, but just just tacking on as a three quarterback build. Uh, sometimes I'll try to take him with a Raider or something.
2: I'm I'm tacking on 200 240th overall Baker Mayfield. You can't stop
0: me. All right, All right. good luck. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I could see it.
2: Well, it feels it feels reasonable now when Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are on the team. But if he's throwing to Scotty Miller and Brashad Perryman, I'll be out. I will not be. I Which will, I hope I for will. Chris
0: and Mike that he is doing because please, <laughs> this, this, they seem like good guys. Uh, no,
2: no, I mean they oof, get traded. I though. That. I mean, I mean, no, I well, know. There's why is there any That's reason I mean. that Chris Godwin is on this team if they've cut? I mean, how many yeah. veterans? I guess you guys aren't doing. I think his contract makes C, it a little C-0, tough, 0. right?
1: God Godwin, Every- they save this. Uh, they can get more from him and Mike Evans. They can't get that much out of him, but he, it's the final year of his deal. Chris got him, they can save some money, but they, okay. they, they like re signed some defensive players. They're kind of like, I don't know what their exact plan is. Um, just vibes. I don't think, yeah, yeah no, don't plan. Think no plan. No plan. When just has that vibes. gone wrong? Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, all right. So, this is expensive team level ADPs. This is relative to the odds to win the Super Bowl. So, um, like, for example, the Jets, well, they're going to be rising, but the Jets should be rising because their odds of winning the Super Bowl are up to 5%, um, but they're still going behind teams like the Vikings, the Browns. So, obviously, the odds of winning the Super Bowl is not necessarily a one-for-one correlation with offensive strength, but it's certainly not completely unrelated either. So, this would be another Jacksonville. 3% to win the Super Bowl, going ahead of you know the Chiefs, the Bills. Some of that's where I guess we feel more confident about where the targets are going, but still a little wonky.
1: Yeah. I don't have really strong takes with the jet stuff. Um, that feels appropriate. Now they have like the six highest odds to win the Super Bowl in the entire league right now, which seems maybe a little bit too aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I always think like just to me, like going back to the other conversation, like is the chiefs just draft Mahomes and then, Guess on all these wide receivers and just, I, flip over I, the I cards. think it's is it not, the cheaper, not, not just the yeah,
2: best you, way to do it. Yeah, you just guess. Yeah, you just guess on, on later guys.
0: Well, what about the two Chiefs that I think are the most appealing at cost are MVS mm-hmm. and, and <laughs> Z Lair, who are both those, those guys are right. both free. Um, the you know, uh, Pete is about to uh kick me off ship chasing if I mention CH one more time, so I'll I'll talk MVS because. I like he's definitely going to be there. He provides a role for the team. He's he's not good, but I you know with Sky Moore he just, right, he
2: just needs or, a little bit of positive variance. Like if if yeah. three, I mean, how many deep balls did MBS drop in 2022 or or just miss? Well, or... he would catch
1: them and they wouldn't be touchdowns. He had, he had like multiple 40 yard catches that weren't touchdowns. And so, usually so you so catch you, and run. And it's just like they're 80. So you just
2: touchdowns. get you get like four five plays of positive variance in that degree. You know, And then all of a sudden, you're talking about the wide receiver
1: 33 in fantasy football. Yeah.
0: And, and would yeah, you have gone... Oh, good. I was going to say,
1: real quick, for like game theory, I think that a lot of people drafting Patrick Mahomes in the second round right now are the Travis Kelsey stacks. If you want to play mm-hmm. Galaxy Brain, don't draft Travis Kelsey in the first round. Just draft Patrick Mahomes. And now you have a Noah unique Gray. Patrick Mahomes uh, team with still as much upside. I don't think, like, Kelsey's... Uh, That's s- not
0: Galaxy Brain. Galaxy Brain is tacking on Noah Gray at the end because you're playing for the Kelsey injury. Yeah, there you covered.
1: go. I, like literally you can, your last five picks could all just be the scrubbiest chiefs players and just draft Patrick. That's McCullough what I, it's what then, I did that... in
2: playoff drafts, right. And in, in underdog playoff drafts, I was like a little bit of McColl Hardman, a little bit of Noah Gray, a little bit of Ronald Jones. You never know. Like mm-hmm. that was, that was totally the move. Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, with Juju gone, I think sky's probably going to move up a little bit more. He's Even, already yeah. been priced. He's at pick one thirty three right now. Like that's not that cheap. It's not crazy prohibitively expensive, but like if he's moving up from here, you know, not someone I would recommend like hammering. And then MVS is at pick 172. Yeah. So you already have a huge discount. And I don't know. I mean, I think there's more upside with Sky because is more of an unknown. Maybe he has a second year breakout. You know, he wasn't terrible when he's on the field. Not a great sign that he was never on the field. But uh MVS, we know he's gonna be out there and he has a deep threat role. So I don't really get why he's quite as cheap as he is. The The range of wide receivers, like
1: and the, those wide receivers by MVS are awful to me. Mm-hmm. Like they, mm-hmm. they project. So, cause like all the wide receivers are going earlier. So the fact there's not, it's, to me, it's gonna be harder to find sleeper wide receivers because we are spending all of our time and energy trying to find them. Like the one falling through the cracks is to me is harder and harder to do.
2: It's mm-hmm. totally a devil. You don't know versus a devil. You do know thing with MVS. That's all it is. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. But you know, that's that's I think like one of the leaks on the whole. That's why that's why the Zay Jones call ended up being so good. It's because we're like, we're definitely not drafting Zay Jones, no matter how many targets he gets. I wonder how
2: many teams drafted good. Laquan Treadwell last year. Just like, oh eh, you never Oof. know. Oof.
0: Um, all right, what else we got? I think there's one more chart here. No, this is the cheap team level ADPs. Uh Arizona zero percent chance to win the Super Bowl. But still, uh, still, still some high. interest in them. That's yeah, just, way high.
1: <laughs> um, this
2: is just these Dallas prices, man. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta start taking them. Like, I know, I know it's like McCarthy and, and they're gonna get totally shit canned a bunch of games, but Dak's pretty good. And Gallup will be back another year from the ACL and probably take Jake Ferguson right now. Uh, or you could just speculate on any free agent tight end, you know, Gerald Everett style guys or whatever landing there. Probably be speaking of Dallas,
0: like Tony Pollard picked 33. Why am I supposed to take Kenneth Walker over Tony Pollard? Tell me why. Legendary upside, bro. He doesn't catch passes, Tony Pollard does. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's Tony Pollard. if, If it's, if it's, uh, june 4th and tony pollard's still running back 33 i'll just have him at 100 percent of teams probably yeah. i won't i won't be able because my my thesis was always that if zeke were to ever suffer a preseason injury in any of the years that pollard was there like pollard would be like the third overall pick so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna not take him in the third round or se- even sec, even at like 20th overall i'm probably still smashing yeah. that button yeah.
1: I love all the round two, three, turn running backs. Like, give me—I'm I'm fine with Kenneth Walker, fine with Brees Hall, Pollard, Ramondre. Like those—that range right there—I think is pretty,
0: pretty intriguing. I tell you what—I don't mind Josh Jacobs at that price. I don't mind Nick Chubb at that price. Yeah, like if Chubb's still in Cleveland and it's him and Jerome Ford, he's not—I think he might catch passes like he did two or three years ago, when he actually, I guess, three years ago, when he actually had a little bit of juice yeah. there. Yeah, um, Jefferson,
1: running back, running back, and then like five straight wide receivers thrown. At the I actually back, love like, that. Great. I, I don't
0: like the first round running backs all that much, but you know, see, uh, CMC obviously has a ton of ton of upside, but there's a lot of opportunity cost. But yeah, I love going wide receiver, running back, running back right now. It's a really nice build, and then it's still you're you're not behind the eight ball at wide receiver yet because there's enough wide receivers in rounds four, five, six, seven, eight gets a little shaky, but there's guys I like, um, and then then it's over. There's no one else, so. You gotta you gotta get your wide receivers done, but you don't have to take them all. You know, you don't need you don't need eight in the first eight. So um
1: all right. Yeah, Positional beat, okay. Um I was looking at this like very quickly last year. Um teams that didn't draft that many wide receivers, but drafted a lot of them high, like six wide receiver builds, but they hmm. finished before round twelve with all six of them were pretty intriguing. And this year, the prices on wide receivers are up, and the running backs are down. So I think like my favorite strategy right now would be going like the hyper same fragile amount,
0: wide receiver. Same amount, Wait, hang same hang amount on. of running
1: backs and wide receivers. Uh, but
0: which ones do you take first, David?
1: You can dra- draft draft one running back and then six straight wide receivers, and then finish the <laughs> draft with about seven straight running backs. And now, now you're you you're couldn't gonna, do so, it. You
0: couldn't just say go zero running back for six rounds and then take the do running backs. So just my couldn't do it. can't
1: do it.
2: My gut take on that my intuitive take on that is that maybe like it feels like yeah it could shake out that way in a large sample but then you just end up having a bunch of teams who have four running backs who literally never contribute a single point to your lot because they're just less their running backs are volatile but in playing time not in production so it's like you got to run really hot to get the playing time and then they're a little bit less volatile but the wider, it's like i don't know how many mbs probably had three spike weeks last year while being completely useless you know If I had to guess, same deal. Hardman, you know, just like if we're thinking about. I think you're including the playoff
0: one in that to get to three, but that's your point. Sure.
2: Yeah. But it's like, it's like uh, Matt Collins, Matt. Where's Matt Collins going right now? Like one ninety third overall, something like that. Probably Matt Collins, a lot. Matt Collins will get two weeks with 18 underdog points. Probably.
1: I think people are overestimating how volatile the good wide receivers are because you're talking about 30, they only like to like get into like the average lineup. You have to be a top 36 wide receiver plus the flex position for running sure. backs. Like the volatility is a little bit more just because there's fewer running backs that are like in like a starting lineup. So like even Justin Jefferson's bad week is still like the wide receiver 24. He's going to be in your lineup. So I think we're, we've overestimated how many wide receivers you actually need to play the volatility game. And a lot of actually, the good wide receivers are fairly uh like stable for the most part
2: it's kind of a genius point hayden i've literally never once considered that the so
0: you're saying the zero zero running back well you're not saying zero running back but what i'm re- you can't you can't go is, yeah zero running back and then stop sooner so do do see it is tough right six wide receivers and you're done but, if but they're all good i will build they're, yeah. If they're all good ones, but yeah.
2: they're all they're all good one, and 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 obviously you know you're betting that they stay roughly healthy. Sure, you know yeah. that you have six that's, guys. That's, that's every from. position.
1: That's like right. If you're doing uh elite tight end, that's what you do. If you're doing have running we, back, running back. Uh, Hayden,
2: Hayden. I'm gonna I'm gonna I gotta take us in a different tangent before I lose this thought. Yeah. Have you done any of the looking in on handcuffing your own running backs this year,
1: uh for, from
2: last year's data?
1: I. I did something very small. I think it was just like for a tweet. I haven't like done like a paper on it.
2: Cause I can just think of I off the top of my head, I can think of two spots where you would have absolutely nutted out. Panthers obviously being one where you took, if you took Christian McCaffrey and Donta Foreman, uh, David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, you would have absolutely, you would have gotten multiple multiple now while well, they didn't do anything in the playoffs, Jamal Williams and Deandre Swift, you would have nutted out. Um, I'm sure if we go through these, there's probably mm-hmm. if you had taken McKinnon and Pacheco, Stuff like that. Like, there were a lot where either they were both playing or the Spike Weeks just- Well, I had Michelle really well.
0: and Mostert on the same team. Michelle obviously didn't end up being on the Dolphins, but he was- I mean, that's I kind of
2: part of the thesis, though, is running back is literally that weird. You can get cut in week six and be starting for some shit team in week 10.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, the the one thing with, like, the the, the handcuffing, I think I'm more open to it on, like, best ball is- if, the, if you're like early running backs out like you're you are looking to fill that position and like we play yes. this game like there's upside that like if you have different handcuffs then like if they're both good now they're both in your lineup but like the odds that you're cracking that lineup are, are lower because the other one's still healthy like if you're out on those points like right. you are desperate to fill those points and you can play that game where like low advance rate now he's healthy again. Now you're back in business. Right. So or even, even it, it helps,
2: even it helps your advance rate, right? It's actually a high advance rate pair. It's, if if uh, you draft Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison and Cook misses week six through 10, that happens to be a soft part of the Viking schedule. Madison goes nuts, Cook comes back and averages 16 and a half underdog points mm-hmm. per game. I mean, Pat, how many teams, how many guys on your winning team were not frequent lineup? contributors like like so zero I, zero some percentage of the time.
0: I had I had this dynamic at quarterback cuz I had Tom Brady who stunk and then was in my uh final week lineup and I had Tua who was obviously battling injury but definitely helped when he was in there and then I had Daniel Jones who just kind of helped chug along and and get me enough quarterback points. And I did the math, I wouldn't have advanced uh out of the you know through weeks 1 through 14 I wouldn't have advanced without all without- three guys. Mm -hmm. right so so yeah that's kind of that's my story um my version of that story at running back yeah i
1: like the three quarterback builds
0: well so that goes to something i wanted to ask you about which uh you're talking about zero running back or hero running back where you don't take that many wide receivers uh former best ball champion uh liam murphy saying that he likes that strategy It does it a lot that uh leaves you some additional positions because like, I would say kind of like the the standard zero running back build would be two quarterbacks, six running backs, eight receivers, two tight ends. Maybe last year, maybe you would have argued it's actually two seven, seven, two or something like that. But if you're only going six receivers, it opens up roster spots. Are you spending them at running back? Or are you spending them to go three quarterback, three tight end? what do you think um
1: i'm basically pretending the tight end position doesn't exist until like round 14 so i like the three tight end builds going like complete punt and just mm. play the volatility game alberto Juan yeah, johnson any of, any of those guys we always pretend well, they don't hit but like we had like evan ingram and stuff we had a like last year i thought there was actually david and joke if he stayed healthy he would have been a complete yep. smash like yep. there's a lot of the kind of tier that i think actually pays off and you can play the you can get those guys play the correlation game because you've already drafted their quarterback. So you've already kind of dwindled down the list. You can play the correlation game and the volatility game for that position.
0: What if what if you've drafted a guy who is a quarterback? Because that's... I think Taysom Hill goes in round 14, right? Taysom and
2: Hill, that's... Taysom Hill big loser from the Jamal Williams acquisition, unfortunately.
0: Mm. I actually think Jamal Williams is the big loser cuz Taysom's Well,
2: end. I mean, Jamal Williams is in a bad spot in general, yes, but I guess I guess Whoever ends up winning that variance fest between Taysom and, and Jamal Williams will be interesting.
0: Yeah. Only one of them is set into eligibility.
1: Yeah. With James back, he's gonna play he's gonna play like legit running back and Wildcat and stuff. So it, it's
2: is that not, is so so is that good or bad? Is I, I I've bad. been going it's probably bad because I mean Taysom threw what twenty passes last year in in basically the same circumstance. that he'll probably do that again.
0: Yeah. I, he's going to the thirteenth round. I, I'm drafting him, man. I'm drafting him.
2: Jeez, are people like? Or do they not learn, man? I, I he's good there. It's it's where I would start to be. Where I would start to get skittish would be like tenth round, like top hundred yeah, yeah, level. Sure. I'm, like mm-hmm. that's a bit much.
0: For sure. All right, sorry, I derailed this one, Taysom. But so you're saying you you've you've opened up one at least one compared to the two six eight two. Uh, you've opened up two roster spots. Because right. you're going from eight wide receivers down to six, so you're using one on tight end, are you using the other on quarterback. Yeah, quarterback
1: or running back kind of just depends yeah. on the build of what quarterbacks I'm getting. Now this this year it's gonna be impossible. Like I'm gonna do a win to draft quarterbacks article based off of last year's data, but the prices have changed so much that it really doesn't even. It's like hard to gauge. Yeah, because, they don't even like, line up. So like, right. how do you kind of play that? Like to me, like if I go Patrick Mahomes to the second round, do you just go like? somebody in the 13th round and call it a day or do you Baker. still do too? Like I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. That's going to be kind of a impossible one to answer right now because like, we don't have any data with that. But typically I like just like the correlation of like the, the, the quarterbacks with the tight ends and I'll bank on my wide receiver staying healthy. And then you just hope that the white, the running backs that you're picking in the, the dead zone. And after that are the ones that smash. So like, uh like my favorite one would be like one running back or maybe two running backs in the first three rounds and then firing from like rounds nine to round 15 16 17 grab six running backs in that range and by that time you've already drafted all your receivers and just the court like quarterback and versus tight end doesn't really matter to me that much um except i'm never drafting an elite tight end
0: uh, i can't get on board Travis with Kelsey that. I do, I do love my elite tight ends. I gotta say, I think actually think I have like a now I'm I'm biased. Kittle was on my team, but I I feel like last year was a really strong year for elite tight end because it's sort of like no one hit except Kelsey, but yet like the only reason that I made the finals was because George Kittle, and it's like a reminder to me that like oh yeah. Because the position is a wasteland, if you get a couple ceiling games from the same, a couple
2: ceiling games is enough.
0: It's unbelievable. The leverage you get on the field is really hard to overstate. And speaking of elite tight ends, there are a few guys who can do it.
2: Donald Parham just re signed with the Chargers like two minutes ago. So, round 10 ADP. (laughs) incoming
0: <laughs> liam liam coming in hot here you're not winning tournaments without elite tight end we like our elite tight ends me and liam i guess but i think i, I, mean, I think
2: the point is that they're like from hayden's <laughs> perspective they're going to look bad in the data because the advance rates are going to be bad they're yeah. going to out they're going to underperform their adp but just having your burning
0: teams you're burning teams like burning teams if if you don't get the most likely the tight end you select in the fifth round is going to get buried by a wide receiver that you could have taken right around there. And if what yeah, was Darren ben Waller's
2: advance rate last year?
0: Uh, har- Gotta be horrible. Yeah. And yeah. then if you don't get the the spike weeks from that guy, which Kittle, like Kittle's the example, right? Kittle was not helpful relative to other dudes you could have taken. Like you know, if you get like Kittle or Amon Ross St. Brown, like come on, you you do not want Kittle. But the fact that he happened to have those spike weeks. Um makes him an immensely better pick to me. And, and I know that like, it's a lot of luck that he got the spike weeks in the right weeks, but mm-hmm. like, that's the whole, kind of the whole point is that there are a handful of guys who can actually, we can actually like bet on with semi-reasonable confidence to do it.
1: The counter would be that there's only like 12 tight ends and like, Even if Kelsey goes off, like Justin Jefferson going off versus thirty six starting wide receivers, like the you have to start so many more players like Mm -hmm. across like the tournament that the Justin Jefferson points, I think we're like underestimating like how big big of a gap that is. And tight ends just so volatile that like Dalton Schultz can catch two touchdowns and stuff like, and very rarely is like Travis Kelsey has like this undeniable ceiling, but he goes right next to like Justin Jefferson and those type of guys who have a enormous ceiling right as well so i think that we play this game that like tight ends like lap the field more than they actually do because we're underestimating that joe mixon game where he had 58 points you're like that is that's not going to happen with kelsey and you have to start way more players at the non onesie positions
0: but this is why i actually think that tight end being a true wasteland is helpful for the elite tight end strategy because it does like yes anybody can kind like of like imagine the leverage but they rarely George do Kittle,
2: imagine if George Kittle is the highest scoring pass catcher in week 17 you know like that's he like, like uber, yeah it's like uber duber leverage it's like double leverage
1: but like by how much though like George Kittle can have like 22 points and David Njoku has 17 and like from like last year for example it's
2: a lot of it's a lot of leverage five points is a lot yeah
1: maybe like the price tags are way different like you have to subtract well just no extra, just think, extra, of, the, think the of the think of the think of the difference or whatever
2: so think of the combinatorics if kittle is a low advance rate guy which we're sort of granting that unless he a guy be. yeah yeah so so just put kittle andrews whoever put put guy we all agree as ceiling but it's gonna have some pretty bad regular season stretches
1: mm-hmm.
2: so you get that guy through let's say he's on five percent of the final teams and he outscores every other first round player so let's call it 25 points and three let's say three other tight ends all score 18 or 19 or 20 roughly there mm-hmm. i mean that it like there's obviously would be a way to send this out and you know if hooper or whatever someone could do this my guess is is that is way better than having a advance rate, Justin Jefferson, who's, who's also the highest, you know, in an alternate reality is also the highest scoring player. Whereas you're, and then you're coin flipping with a bunch of Njoku, Parham, whatever tight end guys. But whenever we play
1: this game, we're now we're comparing it to the wide receiver that was dominating when I can just point to Mike Evans from last year, who also could do the George kill thing and suck all year. And then he pops off and he can have If Mike Evans was a
2: tight end. To the Mike Evans. Mike Evans was a tight end.
0: I would not. Yeah, I, you're you're yeah. on a different stream right now. <laughs> there's a, there's a someone else. Curry,
2: well, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be streaming because you'd be doing Rex Burkhead is pondering exactly, retirement. Exactly. Exactly. I would be <laughs> I
0: would be blurving Rex Burkhead right now. Um, I think one of the other things though is that it's not just week 17. It's that the elite tight end going off in week 15 or 16. I think is maybe even more impactful
2: get, gets you it it has the ability to bring through high ceiling mike or, or even like let's say justin jefferson really good in the regular season but he scores eight points in week 15 right but you, get, a big how you game get into week 17 you, so you with, get other high ceiling players through
0: exactly exactly and you're only you're in smaller pods so like what are the yeah sure a rando can have two touchdowns but there's only you know however many teams in that particular week. And there's less chance of that. You know, if you're in week 17, there's probably some guy who gets in the end zone a couple of times, but in the week, the advanced rate weeks, like maybe that guy's not in your pod. And there's a probably yeah. pretty good chance. He's not because it's, it's like so random at tight end. I mean, it could be like a Jawan Johnson. He wasn't even drafted in a lot of leagues. So mm-hmm. that, that to me is the power. It's like, if you just happen to get a week 15 for one of these guys or a week 16 for one of these guys, and it gets a team that wouldn't have otherwise gotten in into the final. And then to David's point, if you happen to have a guy who's not all that highly owned in the final because you didn't need his points to get in because you had the tight end, then then you actually maybe don't even need that many tight end points in the final week. I
1: think you can make that exact argument for every position, though. Like that 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 exists for every other position. And then when you're just going to like baseline projections and stuff, but
2: the, the, round, the like, point fifth... scores in general are the least common at tight end tight end scores the yeah. fewest amount of points
0: it's that it has the most leverage it, it does exist and I, position, I, 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 I just, think... just
1: I disagree with that because it because it's scoring the fewest points it's hard to actually separate in the the points you're talking about like when a running back or wide receiver goes really off or like the Justin Fields crazy games that's a 45 point game versus the baseline 18 The Travis Kelsey like sometimes he has like a 30 point game but most of his spike week, George Kittle spike weeks are 23 points like the depth difference between like that's like a 11 or 12 point gap versus when the running back or wide receiver does it. Now we're talking about 20, 25 points. Well, just
0: ultimate but, ceiling is so much higher. You do want to factor in price though. Like, obviously I wouldn't want to be taking one of these guys, you know, in the first five picks or something. I mean, Kelsey's a bit of a different story, but, but actually I'm not drafting a lot of Kelsey right now. I, I yeah, agree. How with are we, point how that, we like, feeling
2: about 34 year old? Travis. Yeah. I mean, I
0: was out last year at pick
1: fucking 13 or whatever it was. So I'm not going to be in at pick five.
0: Right. So, so I agree with that. Like Mm -hmm. if you're just shooting for like the very, very highest ceilings and you're giving up the opportunity cost of a Justin Jefferson, you know, that's, it's not, it's not as appealing, but I mean, George Kittle right now is like, what a fifth round pick Dallas Goddard's Sixth round Kyle Pitts, sixth round, you know, Mark Andrews is God, God,
2: God help the Kyle Pitts drafters.
0: Hey man. He, the guy could, he? well, he never gets in the end zone. So <laughs> every,
2: I was hoping for Tanner. Every, every Kyle Pitts analysis it's, starts with Kyle Pitts could.
0: He could. Now, he, has, he never has. That, that's not great. Oh. The, the,
1: the last thing on the tight end stuff is it, from rounds 15 and on, you're getting tight ends that project for every down rolls that actually project for fantasy points. And at running back and wide receiver, it completely dries up. And you're just looking at, like, if a lot of teams are doing the two tight end builds, like, the tight end 25, that's like a legit starting player for NFL team. If everyone's drafting eight, nine, even up to 10 wide receivers, we're drafting like legit wide receiver fours on team. So at the very end of drafts, those tight ends are like actually projected for points. And obviously it's like not that, that many points, but I think even like that stuff matters. Plus you're drafting then for the correlation, like the, the tight ends because they're so volatile with touchdowns, they're really correlated right. to the quarterbacks and you can, draft the quarterback that you want the, the position that actually scores the most points and then add on the correlation of the tight end at the end. You can't do that. Like it's harder to do on the inverse. Like you're committing to the t- early tight end. And then you have to draft his quarterback when I think it should be the other way around because the quarterback score so many more points, especially in half PPR that I want to draft the higher position and then chase the correlation with the lower position. The one that doesn't get that many yards and reception. That's basically playing the touchdown game. So that's a kind of,
0: how i always i like i like that group of tight ends as well and i traditionally i've sort of tended to sit out the tight ends going in like rounds seven eight nine the tight end dead zone Mm -hmm. yeah because like you're that's a decent price you're paying with the market doesn't think those guys have the same ceiling um and you're kind of just it's an expensive touchdown game with those guys now i kind of like the guys in that range a little bit more than usual but but generally, and you see this dynamic, by the way, in DFS, where it's like, I just want to pay min price for the tight end. Yep. I'll correlate it and make it part of a double, triple stack or whatever, depending on field size. Or, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to pay up for Kelsey this week, or I'm going to pay up for, you know, it's usually Kelsey, but you actually go for it at tight end. And it, and you're, you kind of, when you do that, you know you're like burning that week most likely. But if you get it, it, it does provide huge leverage in DFS as well, which is one reason I, I'm kind of sticking with my argument that I think the... the like, I've seen the leverage play out in a couple of different formats with elite tight ends. So it does feel like you get the most leverage there when the guy actually comes through, even though he, he very rarely does. On,
1: on that Kelsey, I haven't played DFS in a couple years because I work at Underdog, I can't. Is the Kelsey prices from last year, were they the same as the elite? Running backs and wide receivers and the elite quarterbacks, or was he at like less. sixty? So like that's kind of he, ADP. He, like he was like
2: he was like, a... like, like eight. He was like eight thousand instead of ten thousand.
1: Right. So I think like there's some parallels to that where the price yeah. point is a, li- a little bit cheaper in in the dfs time and like over the over the the long term i think the quarterbacks are going to stay healthier so really like i can't invest into every single position i want to play the upside game with the quarterbacks i want to pick which teams i'm actually correlating with so i'm going to be investing into the quarterbacks we've all agreed that you can't not have good wide receivers i think there's a lot of upside in the the adps keep dropping for the running backs so some positions got to be just completely punted off and i feel comfortable that the position that's averages seven points per game versus the position that's averages 22 <laughs> yeah. points actually matters. Like that's like the first bullet point here is seven points versus 20 points. Even if you're lapping the field, it's a difference of five versus 10.
0: Well, that's that's a good point. Yeah. If you're, if you're punting off position, maybe pun off the one that doesn't score any points. If you're yeah going to, you know, these are 20 round drafts right now. What do you think about four tight end builds? I've experimented a little bit with that because you got the two mm. extra rounds, and it's like, hey, mm. I, at the end, I am I am finding I'm getting starters, I'm getting stars, and a, this is also I think a very strong rookie class. Mm-hmm. I like Sam Laporta in the twentieth round. You can get Luke Musgrave right. in the twentieth round. Dalton Kincaid's not all that expensive. Like I, I can tack on, you know, a rookie and a guy like Jawan Johnson who has a job or whatever, very very cheaply. Um, and if you cobble together four, maybe get the touchdowns in the right weeks.
1: Yeah, uh, all of mine are from eighteen rounds. So four tight ends have never has never been like a profitable strategy, like on a macro level, year to year, the last three years on underdog. But with the the twenty rounds, that's where like the gap can close from four to three and. This is like, if I only looked at teams that ha- hadn't drafted tight end the first 10 rounds, maybe the fourth tight end becomes mm. some, something mm. more interesting. So that's like something we have to kind of filter out. But I'm with you. The the rookie tight end class being this good, like it does make, I think, the late round tight end piece even more intriguing just because like some of these guys are going to be stealing starting spots or just uh, snaps in general from guys that were drafting the top 15 like, like Chig, a and stuff. Like I like some of the upside of this, like Greg Dulcich, I like the upside, but like, there's a chance that like Sam Laporta goes to the Broncos or something like that. And now all right. of a sudden you didn't want the guy in the round of in
0: Washington and, and he's blocking, you know, a lot. Yep. maybe he's not even that valuable, but he's out there and Dulcich mm-hmm. isn't. Yeah. So I, I, I like just, I like to punt the tight end position.
1: The at, at the end of the day, the bet I'm making is that this position scores the least amount of points and We'll go from there.
0: <laughs> You're gonna win that bet. Yeah. It's just uh can you can you luck into the right points in the right week? But there's multiple ways to do it, and maybe you do it by getting a super cheap guy who scores a touchdown, which will probably I mean there will be that guy. So if you hunt mm-hmm. for him, maybe you'll find him. All right. So we close the show by selecting a player who we think this is our, our flag plan for closing line value. Um this is this is where you get your Rashad Pennies. We've had pretty good track record so far.
2: Baker, baby, he's going way up. Baker stocks.
0: All right, go ahead. Is that your guy Baker?
2: That was my guy week one.
0: Oh, 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 Oh. Okay. Well, that worked. That worked. Sure did. Do you have, do you have a guy this week?
2: Uh, I think I'm just going to take the easy way out and say Valdez Scantling since we all just like universally mm-hmm. agreed on that one, that as a starting wide receiver, he's going to end up going way up. I will say another one that is a little bit less obvious. Greg Dortch after Deandre Hopkins gets traded. He'll go up a good little bit after that deal gets finalized. I think.
1: Hayden, do you have one? Uh, I'm just going to group together the thick rookie running backs that are going in like the 180 to 200 range. We know that the price tags are down. We're all kind of on some version of zero running back at this point, whether it's one running back early or zero. So the guys in particular, give me Roshan Johnson, give me Kendra Miller, uh, and uh, Dwayne McBride would be my three that you should be tacking off there. The guys that if they get round three, round four draft capital, that's how you look into Damian Pierce, Brian Robinson profiles, and they are like absolutely free. And they didn't have the NFL draft hype because they didn't like smash the forty or didn't run
0: uh, in particular. But coaches don't really care about that. Yeah, and Chase Brown's still like semi palatable, I think, where he's going. So I like those guys that you mentioned a lot um i was taking a lot of mcbride early i've gotten a little bit nervous about just how slow his top end speed might be but um he's i mean he was very productive so and I early I like declare yeah. yeah um i think i said pollard the first week uh if i didn't that's who i'll wow, say what, if a, not, what a
2: dub what a dub
0: if not i'll say Brees hall whichever i think i've said one and not the other so whichever one i didn't say uh that but i'm pretty sure i said pollard so Brees hall I'll say. And uh, I mean, why isn't he rising a lot? Like it, te- it felt to me that the jets were going to go get a quarterback. You know, they obviously went the most risky route where they just like kind of went all in on Rogers, Um, And that obviously could have ended in disaster, but it looks like it's going to end with Rodgers being their quarterback, which is massive for the quality of the offense and Brees hall. And everything on the ACL tear stuff has been pretty positive far. we're not hearing any of the Javante mm-hmm. Williams worries. So um,
2: yeah, um I think
0: like when, when you look at his rookie season and how good he was and how much he was involved as a receiver and how efficient he was as a receiver, like looking at, I did my legendary upside uh, thing for running backs. He's, he come, he came out as the number one guy, like, because you're, because I'm looking at second year guys, I'm looking at, you know, I, I, based on the type of dudes who've in the past had these massive seasons, they tend to be younger than you'd think. Um, and he's got, I mean, they tend to be hyper-efficient because like basically no workload can get you to the level of this earth shattering season. You need to be hyper-efficient. It really helps if you're hyper-efficient in both phases of the game. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, If he was healthy and they had Rodgers, wouldn't he be like the sixth pick? You see the 106 with with Rogers, and he didn't tear his ACL. Yeah, so I, I the two I three it. turn feels like a fucking smash. I love that call.
1: Pat, what about what about Ramondre? Same kind of thing, but the, obviously the offense isn't supposed to be as good. But like, I think Ramondre is like could be pretty pretty special this year.
0: Ramondre, I mean, I've always loved Ramondre, so I like that one too. Uh, you're getting an offense coordinator not even upgrade you're just get you're getting an offensive coordinator you're getting Uh, an offensive coordinator (laughs) that's good that's big that's good to have joe judge
2: much less involved
0: (laughs) yeah and at patricia oh god um mac jones like i get i guess all that like kind of trade like oh we'll even that's all gone away so stability yeah i like him i love the james robinson signing for him i think i think he's protected by
1: that if, if Damien doesn't get that much money and the Patriots decided not to bring him back, I think that's like a sign that they really are about to unleash. Ramondre, who they've kind of been like slow playing his role every single year.
0: Yeah, I like that one. Uh, there's like, a I would say, a 25% chance that Brees, Brees Hall was my previous guy. So I will just tout Paula real quick, which uh, and I'll I'll just uh, tout the site that I started, legendaryupside.com. There's an article on there for free. It's a public article. And I talk about Tony Pollard, who I say I'd be comfortable taking in the mid second. Uh, so to get him still at the three four turn, still, I don't really get it, man. I I took him at the three oh five the day that Zeke got cut because I was like, uh, I took him because I wanted to draft Tony Pollard, but I thought he would be like kind of rocketing up, and right now he's still going behind ETN, still behind Josh Jacobs, still behind Nick Chubb, still behind Derrick Henry. I don't know. I think I like him the most of all those guys. How confident are you that, that you like Pollard
1: versus CD's, like straight up? Like, I know you're a wide receiver guy, but like,
0: is- I mean, I'm taking CD ahead of Pollard, but kind of, I kind of like the. I mean, that's that's where you start to go. Okay, all right, let's let's get into it because I mean, Pollard has a ton of upside, mm-hmm. but are you or would you actually take him over CD? I would. Um, I think I would.
2: I'm I'm the Pollard bull man. He's he's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah, if you're t- if if that's the way you guys feel, then he is like literally going at the wrong turn. Like you, you can right. sit at the one two turn pass and then get him at the next turn like that. Those types of values are like very rare. Mm-hmm. He's a
1: running back. You actually want to draft. If you go down the board and look at every single round at ADP. How often are you like, oh, I actually want to draft this running back. So you have to draft running backs at a, a certain point, I, I think. And I think that Pollard would be one of the guys that qualifies early up in the board. And I think that we should go after him
0: for sure. Yeah. I think, like, generally, the running back position, there's not, it's not like, you know, compared to past years, it's definitely devalued. There are some running backs where I'm sort of like, yeah, I'm glad you're devalued. Like, I, I still don't really like this running back here. But there's more running backs than ever where I'm like, I really like, mm-hmm. I really like Brees Hall where he's going. I really like Tony Pollard where he's going. I don't mind guys that i like josh jacobs coming off the season he's coming off of would five years ago been someone that i had almost none of this year right because he just sort of been too expensive I, he's pretty reasonably priced
1: mm-hmm.
0: on yeah. average I think the top 36 running backs are down
1: 10 points compared to last year's adp or uh, 10 10 overall draft spots so
0: still not drafted Najee harris though you guys can have him
2: you can't make me
0: <laughs> i'm buying <laughs> <Yeah>. i think <laughs> another, i need another two rounds Get, get him into this get him into the 6th or 7th and I'll, I'll start to pick 43. No, yeah, that's for someone else. Yeah. All right guys. I think that'll do it. Hayden, thanks so much for coming on. What do we got going on over at Underdog? Uh we are about to do
1: draft prospect videos. So this year we're going to just do one prospect at a time. It'll be like 10 minutes or so per per player. We're going to have some film, have some charts, do all that fun stuff, go over pros and cons where we think they're going to get drafted. Um And yeah, it'll just be a more of a film based show this year. And we're just going to do like basically one prospect per day up until the draft. So we should be able to knock out like everybody that's on this chart, for example.
0: Now, I know you like quarterbacks and it's an important position for fantasy and, you know, super flex is a format that exists. Is that is that something that uh, maybe we'll be drafting at any point?
1: Uh, I think we're season. we're we're close to uh, making that decision. I think there's what 30 percent left uh, in a certain tournament before we get there, <laughs> but uh, we're, we're pacing for that. I would I would highly recommend uh, getting some super flex rankings
0: uh, up up and ready. Okay, all right, that's a tease, Davis. What do you got going on?
2: Uh, nothing it's sun coming out right now. Just uh, the the podcast going to keep going to keep churning uh but it'll the the volume will pick up definitely as we get a little bit closer to draft I wanna want to uh do a, maybe doing a little bit of betting the nfl draft stuff since uh many many people have legal sports betting books available to them
0: all right uh i will uh mention again legendary upside.com just launched it yesterday uh there is a 30 dollar off early bird discount if you sign up just on the main page it doesn't it gives you a 30-day trial I'm going. If you do it that way, I'm gonna go give you the discount. You're not gonna not get the discount. So you can do the normal. Oh, wow, good guy, want, good guy, Pat. Yeah, I'm going through the back end of uh, of Stripe and and applying discounts. So uh, it's it's not it's actually not that time consuming. I couldn't figure out how to do a trial plus discount. I wanted the trial to be the default option, but you're not losing out on the discount uh, no matter what. So go sign up. All my stuff is. Uh, coming out on the site already i've got that pilot article mentioned i've got an article on the wide receivers uh the the top three rookie wide receivers for me uh the jackson smith and jigba section is completely free and there'll be more free content as well as uh premium content next week and there's also a premium podcast that uh has audio versions of the posts so if you're into consuming your content through audio i've got you covered there uh but yeah legendary upset.com check it out Thank you, guys. It's been a fun one. We'll see you next week on the normal ship chasing show as I find the option.